Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Tractor Zoom delivering insights and dry shod boots, the official work boots of the Moving Iron Podcast. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri Marketing in Morton, Illinois, and he is on weekly to sit down and talk with me about what's going on in the markets. And today is election day, and those dry shod boots are going to come in handy to wade through all the all the bullshit that's coming down the way here, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's probably a, a very good way of putting it. Very good way of putting it. It's going to be. Uh, it has already been crazy in uh, a lot of ways, but uh, this is going to be a crazy day. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a crazy several days to to weeks that follow, and uh, it's going to have a, a very definite effect on our markets, all our markets, financial markets, grain markets, livestock markets. It already has coming up into today. And uh, whatever the results are, not only the presidential, but uh, congressional elections are going to have a big influence uh, on our market. So it's going to uh, going to be interesting, to say the least, for the next uh, days to weeks ahead. Yeah. Yep. So looking at the market right now, I mean, we're kind of down. We're down off of what those those original highs were up at around that 420 mark um, in the in the March and December contracts and corn corn and beans the same way or beans the same way. We're down off those those original um, highs a little bit, but it, they've kind of fluttered around that that four dollar mark on the beans anyway, kind of back and forth for the last oh week or so, and uh, seen some interday volatility, but for the most part, they've kind of finished within just a you know a few cents of, of where they started at, if not unchanged for the day. So as you look at what's going on and with such a anticipated election here coming up, what's your thoughts on the market's reaction to what you've seen so far and how they're reacting to the uh, overall melee of propaganda that's been coming down from, from high? Yeah, I think the grain markets <clears throat> really act pretty well, honestly. Um, it's really the first healthy correction that we've seen in this whole move since uh, it really started. And that would have uh, arguably been on the day of the August crop report is when this rally started. So, you know, we're three plus months into it. And so the funds had a a pretty sizable long position in in all the grain uh, products going into the end of the month. I think you would have seen some of this liquidation and profit taking regardless of the election. The election probably exaggerated it some just because of the sheer uncertainty of it. You know, remember back four years, you can't believe the polls anymore. The, it, it's more propaganda than, um, you know, trying to get uh, a real answer. Uh, and, and so the polls are wrong. There's so much misinformation going on. I think the fund said, hey, we've got good profits made. Let's take some off the table. Let's put some of these profits in our, in our pocket. And then if we kind of get the all clear uh, signal after the election, we'll, we'll come back right, right back in. Because nothing has changed fundamentally. Um, Maybe the only thing that's changed is Brazil has kind of caught back up on their planting pace. They they started late because of dry weather. They got some moisture. Uh, They've really caught back up almost to normal on their planting pace. 
still very dry in Argentina. Uh, Ukraine uh, corn crop likely is coming lower. Uh, very dry in Russian wheat uh, growing areas. Um, has been pretty dry in the plains. They did get a little bit of moisture in areas, but still overall pretty dry. Demand is still phenomenal. All through this sell-off, we've been selling corn and beans. Um, rumors here yesterday that Brazil took uh, 38,000 metric tons of U.S. beans. Uh, they're out of beans. They oversold their beans to China. Uh, it's going to be a few months before they have supplies. And so it looks like they're going to import our beans. So what a crazy market we have. I think the end of, of the month and, and yesterday ahead of this election today was simply just profit-taking and money flow. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that we can't get caught up if, if the stock market has some big, large-scale correction that it won't spill over and drag us lower uh, in our grain and livestock markets. But I, I think fundamentally, as long as we have some order of uh, normalcy, no matter who wins, if, if it's, if it's clear-cut win, uh, no matter what side it is, I think that brings some stability to the marketplace. And I think that refocuses the market right back on, hey, we've we've got a crop report coming out here on the 9th. It's likely going to go lower in, in yields on corn. Uh, demand's been good. And we've got some problems in different production areas of the world. And um, that's going to overshadow things, I think, going into winter and, and spring even, um, unless there's just some massive disruption. And, and I think even that would be temporary. But... Um, you know, all eyes will be on the stock market. Do you remember back four years ago, the stock market had some massive volatility on election night and into the you know early morning hours of uh, of the next day. That's probably going to be the case today as well. Um, right now, I'd say the the, the the financial markets, the outside markets. Um, if you had to put a gun to my head, as we're recording this here, um, you know, right ahead of seven thirty Central Time on Tuesday morning, that the the, the financial markets to me. Uh, seem to hint that they believe Trump's going to win. Um, I think in general, if, if they felt Biden was going to win, we'd be selling off harder. He's going to, you know, very publicly increase taxes, increase capital gains taxes, um, you know, tax corporations. Uh, that's negative to growth. And I think the stock market knows that. We did have a big sell-off going into it here from the highs. Not a big one, but a, a decent correction. But yesterday and today... So far, as markets up sharply uh, on the on the stock side of the equation, and uh, I think you know crude oil is well off its lows, and I, I think that uh, might be one one little hint that at least the financial markets right now think that uh, maybe Trump pulls this out, but we'll see, and it might take a while to figure that out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Now I you you watch these uh these different news news channels and what have you and they're all over the place i mean it just depends on what side of the aisle they're on and that's how they report it but there's a uh the one thing that can't they can't really deny is that from the amount of how much the the polls have tightened over the last three days they went from being like when i was watching like well it looks like biden's gonna win and he's he's up by you know, ten to twelve points, and there's no way those those polls can be that wrong. To now they're like within, well within the margin of error. So that shows you that there's some there's some swing coming their way. So it'll be an interesting night, no doubt about it. You can watch all the 
everything uh, kind of unfold and see what happens and see if anyone's cries on the air again uh, when, if Trump wins. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I'm glad it's only every four years because oh, I don't know yeah. if we can handle it any could, sooner than. Could that. you imagine this was every year? Oh my god! <laughs> how how much of a craziness this would be? So it's crazy, 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 crazy. All right. So let's talk about. Uh, looks like the. You know, some crop progress stuff that's coming out here. You know, we, corn is by 82% done, soybeans by 87% done, way ahead of where they've been in the year, you know, in comparative years. Um, I think out here where I'm at, we typically start right now, and guys are within two weeks of being done, so kind of give you an idea of where we're yeah. where we're at. Um, talk about that and what you think, how that is going to affect some of these November and December reports that we see coming up when they actually have a pretty good estimation of what's been in the bin um, as guys start reporting to FSA, FSA offices about uh, the various yields they got. So uh, do, you, do you anticipate that that maybe uh, the November or December report might actually be a bigger report than what we see coming out of, out of the January report? Yeah, so <clears throat> I do think that uh, on this November report, they'll have some you know, each report that, that we get, you know, starts in August and September, and each report you get a little more data, a little more data. They, they ought to be far enough into it. They get um, a, a pretty good handle. Now, keep in mind the December report, they don't do production changes. Okay. So we've only got this uh, November 9th report. We do have a December crop report, but it's only uh, demand and world numbers. They don't change production. And then the final January crop report is when we're going to get the final supposedly final um you know acreage yield and um you know obviously the demand can can fluctuate from here on out uh, from january on out but so they've got two more cracks at it and they, and they do have better data for this november report and so i think it's going to be important to see what the trend is um if they go lower um on corn yields um which is kind of a couple things just what producers we talk to kind of say that that towards the tail end uh this crop dried down super fast got probably a little drier on corn uh and for sure on beans and what people wanted and that robs yield um and and test weight potentially on corn and so the yield the yield seemed to tail off towards the end of harvest here um we do uh every year throughout the growing season and particularly like in the fall and harvest time frame a um, a, a company-wide survey of our customers, and, and it would suggest that the USDA could come, um, you know, three, four bushels lower on yields by the final report on corn. Whether they will or not, it's a small sample size. I'm not trying to, you know, talk up, uh, you know, our uh, a yield survey as, you know, gospel because it's a small sample size and it's just kind of a snapshot. But we believe that the USDA could come down a little bit, two to four bushels maybe on corn yields. Um, there's some talk that possibly they could still adjust the harvested acreage down a little bit because of the windstorm situation there across Iowa and, and uh, you know parts of Illinois and, and Indiana. Um, and demand, you know, you'd have to argue at this stage, demand uh, could probably ration it up just a little bit. So all that goes to the bottom line, cuts carry out. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be the trend more so than the, the actual amount. If they cut it a bushel, bushel and a half, I think the market then thinks, okay, 
Now they're on a, a downward revision trend, and then by the January report, they're going to cut it even further, and that should be friendly. If they're unchanged or just fractionally lower, the, the market might have a tendency to think they have enough data and that things are going to kind of be on a stable path as far as yields go into January. So I think it depends on the magnitude of, of any changes, and then the market will then assume that um, you know that trend is going to continue into the January report. And so uh, I think it's going to be important to, to watch that. I think they, they probably have some adjustments lower they could make on some world numbers. Um, I don't know if that's going to shock the market, particularly Ukraine corn. Um, they probably don't do much with South American production yet because they're early on in the growing season. But um, very quietly, Argentina is setting up for some issues. They are super dry right now. Yeah. And... Um, you know, they're a little bit later season than what Brazil is. So there's certainly time to get some rain and fix that. But uh, some of the main growing areas of, of Argentina are really, really dry right now and, and not forecast for much rain. So if you see that continuing in December, um, we've got some bigger issues at hand. If, if uh, Argentina or even parts of the Brazilian growing areas in the south uh, return dry, that could be you know, some extra fuel on the fire of this big demand market we've got on the grain side. All right, Chip, so what are your thoughts on ethanol? Oil prices have, you know, they're they're down underneath 40 bucks right now, um, or teetering on that $40 market, anyway, I guess. And, um, you know, we haven't quite rebounded back from the March and April shutdown to the uh, to the full, you know, 8.5 to, to 9 million, 9.5 million barrels of uh of oil a day that we used for gasoline those kind of things so i guess as you look at ethanol where it's at right now based on the price of corn and and overall demand i guess what's your thoughts on ethanol and, and what do you see happening there well you, that's a multi-faceted question so <clears throat> a week and a half ago we had crude oil trading about 41 dollars a barrel mm-hmm. uh started kind of talking about the uh, uh the, the possibility of the majority of Europe shutting down again uh, because of a resurgence in COVID. And you saw crude oil, even yesterday morning, trade sub $34. It's since bounced back to about $38. So on the one hand, you've got some very real fears about, uh, you know, global, uh, you know, demand on the gasoline side being pummeled again because of shutdowns. Um, On the other hand, here domestically, it seems like we're cranking along a little bit part and that's a multifaceted thing too you you've got uh soy meal prices have had a big rally i think that's helped firm up the ddg market and uh, add a little bit of uh a profitability or, or or at least some margin that wasn't there uh six months ago on the ethanol side uh, i think the demand's pretty good seems like that uh, we're pretty well balanced as far as production and um uh, you know and, and the demand side on, on the uh, ethanol side there's talk that China has really been snooping hard for U.S. DDGs and or ethanol. There's been no confirmation of that yet, but um, that's a little bit of a game changer. So there's a lot of conflicting um, you know, issues there. Certainly, um, future shutdowns, uh, no matter how long they last, are going to have you know, a major influence on uh, gasoline demand across the world so that's the one side of the equation the other side is it seems like barring that uh 
um, that we've kind of recovered pretty nicely and at least holding things together on the ethanol side. So it, it may come down a little bit to, you know, uh, how long does Europe shut down? You know, supposed to be, they're talking like maybe a month. Does a month turn into three? Uh, you know, does it last till April? Uh, are they even going to get shut down? There's lots of protests out there of citizens that uh, don't want that. Um, so that there's a little bit of uh, more than a little bit of uncertainty out there regarding uh, the path that, uh, you know, these COVID shutdowns are going to take across the world. And that's certainly going to be a big driver in, uh, you know, energy demand from a at least gasoline uh, standpoint and diesel standpoint. Right on. Well, Chip, good stuff as usual. Plenty of stuff to pay attention to here. Um, it's going to be a crazy day. Can't I can't say anything else other than that. So um, if folks want to reach it really, out. It really is, Casey. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how fun it's going to be, but uh, it, there is a potential for massive volatility. So uh, keep your head on a swivel, as they say, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's going to go. It's going to be nuts. And, and the other thing, too, is let's just – what my biggest fear is, you know, Trump wins and, you know, all these places decide they're going to go torch, torch the, you know, the, the local neighborhood again, um, like they've been doing, you know, here for the last, well, forever, you know, last hundred days or whatever, you know, um, three months, or whatever it's been that they've, they've been doing these things, things. And my thing is, uh, that fires back up. And then, you know, mid January, when inauguration comes back around, what happens then? You know, I mean, you have another, opportunity for this stuff to go crazy so i don't know it's going to be uh we we live in some some interesting times i guess is the best way to put it um as, well as, we do we do and um sometimes you need those to kind of get back on the right the right foot and we're certainly uh, in a challenging time and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how we come out of this because uh, there's a lot of issues out there. No matter what side of the fence you're on, um, you know, there's some big structural issues out there that that need fixed. And, um, you know, the world is further apart. At least I shouldn't say the world. The United States seems like it's further apart than, than ever. So I don't know what comes of that, but it's a little bit, little bit scary. Um, so... We will see. Hopefully, calmer heads prevail over the coming days and weeks. I hope you're right. So, well, Jeff, folks, I reach out to you, pick your brain about what's going on, and just know, just see what Blue Reef can do for them. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way is just call our office three zero nine five five zero seven two one three. We'd love to chat with you about uh, your risk management plan. Uh, price action in the last few months proves it's uh, it's more important than ever to to have a plan and be able to execute that plan in the midst of volatility. So we'd love to chat with you. Right on. I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also check out movingironllc.com for the latest information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up here January 20th through the 22nd in Nashville, Tennessee. That will be at the Renaissance Hotel downtown. All the information about the about the meeting is uh, on the website and as well as how to register as well if you'd like to just reach out to me and get more information about what that is hit me up at moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com and i'll be happy to uh, give you all the information you need about it um 
Check out the Global Ag Network and the great podcasters there. Check out the Dryline Farmer podcast with uh, Brent and Landon. Those two guys are make you laugh as you're doing your doing your work for the day. So, with that, I am Casey Seymour, Chip Nelger. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.